0: Welcome to Episode 2 of The Inner Odyssey, a podcast about developing self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-determination through living honestly and practicing self-love. Thank you for dropping by. Today we will be discussing honesty, a familiar principle that when circumvented gives rise to a multitude of complications. This fundamental concept is often heard and recognized as being important, but still, There appears to be some debate and confusion as to what practicing it entails. Regardless of who you are and where you are in your journey through life, you will benefit from developing and enhancing your facility with this fundamental concept. It should permeate every fiber of your being and inform every thought you entertain. There are always numerous opportunities for practicing honesty daily. First and foremost with ourselves, in our thoughts, words, and deeds, And secondarily, in relationships with family, friends, and others. Today I want to focus mainly on personal honesty, that is self-honesty, because once honesty is mastered in your relationship with yourself, it influences all aspects of your interactions with others and makes life less complex. This is a principle that I want you to embrace intellectually as well as deep into the essence of your being. I want this to be a guiding principle that exudes from every pore, so that when difficult emotions and troubling circumstances occur, any decision made will be influenced by it. Where honesty is paramount, there are no viable internal debates to be had even when the cons outweigh the pros. In this episode, I hope to show you that the way we routinely use our minds, whether deliberately or impulsively, and the ideas, views, perceptions that we allow to enter and take root in our minds, become imbued as our guiding principles and play a big role in what develops into habits and come out as actions. The only way we can learn to work from sound fundamental principles is to examine without flinching or embarrassment the resident contents of our minds and dispose of those beliefs that are untrue, not only about ourselves but about others. That is, self-assessment with brutal honesty. So then, what is honesty? What does it mean to be honest? Is it just the avoidance of lying, cheating, or stealing? Or does it involve other acts of deceit? Do white lies count, or just the big whoppers? What about lies of omission? Things that are knowingly left unsaid and can erroneous or erroneously inform a situation. What is your personal definition of honesty? Do you make a distinction between being honest with yourself, internal honesty, Being honest with others, external honesty, do you let perceived outcomes or consequences sway your decision about whether to be forthright as you define it? Basically, why and when do you feel compelled to lie, to be less than forthright? What basic emotions underlie that compulsion? There are no right or wrong answers. There only needs to be an acknowledgement of what is true for you, and from there we can aspire to do better and evolve if you are not proud of what you find. I invite you to ponder these questions and drop me a note. The best definition I have found so far for honesty is as follows. Honesty is more than not lying, it is truth-telling, truth-speaking, truth-living, and truth-loving. James E. Faust. Seems comprehensive, but if there's a better definition out there, please share it with me. As as a principle, honesty can be understood as an act. Speaking the truth, refusing to lie, truth speaking, a trait or characteristic, authenticity, truth living, a disposition, a tendency or habit to be forthcoming with relevant truths, avoidance of withholding. Are you living in truth with yourself? what is your honesty quotient? As you practice this principle, you will find that one of the best, most enduring ways to reduce stress in life, live in the now, and extract the most enjoyment from all your activities is simply to tell the truth. Express unadorned the primary impression. Everyone suffers when the truth is distorted, whether now or later, suffering will occur. Fortunately, we have been created with mechanisms that allow us to observe our environment, feel our body sensations, and notice our thoughts. So, to reiterate, observe, feel, and or notice our environment. Notice I did not say interpret the thoughts, sensations, or the environment, but rather just observe, feel, notice, and report. Why the distinction between observe and notice? Observation infers deliberately attending to something, focusing on it, while noticing suggests a more cursory act, like seeing something from a moving car. Interpretation of sensations and impressions are under the purview of the mind, that since birth has been provided with beliefs, ideas, and conclusions that may or may not be true, but nonetheless are their influence in our actions. Consider this, When you attend to the stimuli around you and attach feelings to the thoughts they engender, you have for all intents and purposes passed that stimulus through your mental filters. Mental filters are a useful mechanism that allows quick decision-making and rapid mental processing of stimuli based on past memory subjective, possibly irrelevant experiences, and spurious associations like Pitbull equal man-eater because of a newer story I read, or poor equals uneducated, etc., etc. Ironically speaking, think close enough for government work. In the mental filters, pure unadorned impressions, things we observe, feel, and notice, are subjective, subjected to analysis, judgments, comparing, parsing, critiquing, historical associations, and assessment before expression. This instinctual massaging can be used to manage beforehand things that we may deem important like image, status, character, and a host of other things that are hardly relevant at any given time if honesty is in play. Unless you have trained yourself to accurately and consistently recognize when your mind is manipulating your primary impressions, any mental filtration that occurs ensures that your reinterpreted expressions are not completely honest, but geared towards you maintaining whatever whatever facade you have created to feel good about yourself or your situation or promote your agenda. Any product of that mental filtration, therefore, does not allow us to live and speak truthfully, unless of course those fundamental beliefs and ideas were rooted in honesty. So after automatic mental filtration, anything you express is merely a proxy some plausible iteration of the truth that complicates things and lead to suffering. A brief digression for a moment. Some may argue that truth is relative, individual, and subjective, and that is correct, superficially, plausible but logically inaccurate. To counter this assumption, I would like to posit two ideas for consideration. Number one, Truth is only relative because of the limits of our current experience and information, and therefore does not support there being a lack of objective truth. Number two, is the distinction between relative and objective truth purely semantical because of the limitation of the words that we have by consensus agreed to use to describe truth? As you are aware, and what should be the case? When new experiences are had, or new information comes to light, Truth, as we have known it, is altered, and the prior version of what we previously thought is now untrue. Think flat earth. So going back, when you say that truth is relative, this is a logical fallacy, since as we can agree, there's always room to know more, a better way to do or think about a thing, that is, a continued approach to something possibly invariable, perchance objective. Two readily accessible examples of how the habit of automatic filtration can lead to suffering are the, impacts in the, are the impact of words and the effect of emotions. We will talk about emotions and words in other episodes, but for now, let's consider. Why do the actions of thoughtless people make us so angry? For example, the person that is in the 10 or less item aisle or the cash-only aisle with an overflowing card or a credit card, that cool dude or gal that double parks their fancy car on a rainy day, how about the able-bodied person who goes into the handicap stall when a disabled person is in line? There are many examples that we can come up with, but think for a second, what assumptions and mental filters have I allowed to manifest in making the above assessments? Because the cart was chuck full, does that mean that there were not only ten items? Because there was plastic in the person's hand, does that mean they did not also have cash as the line demanded? Should I assume that because the car was double parked, the person was trying not to get it scratched, or could it have been a vision impaired person who was not really able to see the lines in the rain? Was the person using the handicap stall really able bodied? or do they have some type of device they need to manipulate to use the facilities? Seldom are those extended considerations entertained before we make snap judgments and get emotionally perturbed. I hope we can all agree that these seemingly thoughtless acts are in and of themselves completely neutral and subject to misinterpretation, whereas the emotional upheaval they trigger in us seldom are. These neutral occurrences become emotive when we pass the things we observe, feel and notice through our mental filters and readily accept the product that comes out as true and react to them without assessing what beliefs and assumptions underpin their formation. In contrast, consider what happens when you do not pass impressions through your mental filter and express them unadulterated accurately without prior interpretation would it be more accurate to say that that person may not have told the truth as I understood it? Instead of labeling someone a thief, would it be more accurate to say that he or she left with an item that I did not observe them paying for? Would it be less confrontational to say, I observed you, my significant other, with another person and when you returned home, you smell of an unfamiliar odor rather than assume he or she was cheating? In expressing things you observe, feel, and notice, unadulterated with beliefs and preconceived ideas and notions, you may sound guileless, naive, childlike, and not too sophisticated, but your expressions will be filled with wonder and and uncertainty and have room for contradiction or amendment. Moreover, it conveys the inherent neutrality of the observances to the receiver rather than the second or third-hand version. After all, not all ducks quack and neither are all swans white. Check out the Spotify link in the description and our website for a humorous take about this very topic, Alternative Explanations to Easily Misinterpreted Events. That's all for today. We will continue by discussing how then shall we live. Meanwhile, mull over the following. What is your personal definition of honesty? Why and when do you feel compelled to lie? To be less than forthright what basic emotions underlie that compulsion leave us a comment on the website theinnerodyssey.org if you would like to share your story or be a guest on the show do so at anchor.fm slash the odyssey thank you for listening until we meet again care enough to act with virtue dream despite your deepest fears live honestly with dignity and grace and above all Love without expecting reciprocation as you continue your inner odyssey. Share the show and subscribe to our podcast on anchor.fm/slash the inner odyssey, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.